Hey, superstars, thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Aaron Zakowski. I recently had the honor to join my friend Dylan Chaccio on his podcast, B2B Strategy. Dylan's the founder of Recorded, a content agency that helps B2B founders and subject matter experts to quickly and easily create thought leadership video content for LinkedIn. Dylan and I had a great chat about LinkedIn ads and how to create content that drives more B2B buying decisions. I'm republishing the full interview here with Dylan's permission so my listeners can hear the full discussion as well. Welcome to the B2B Strategy Podcast, your roundtable of B2B strategists guiding you in every decision you make in growing your business. Today, on our very first episode, we'll be talking to Aaron Zakowski. Aaron is an expert in paid social ads for B2B, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. But what we're going to focus on today is LinkedIn ads. When it comes to deciding on how to grow your B2B business, you've got so many marketing options. But as any business strategist knows, every option has an opportunity cost. And so to make it easier for our audience who are balancing lots of different options right now, I want to first lay out what we need to consider before doing LinkedIn ads. Aaron, how do we know when it's the right moment to start LinkedIn ads? Right. So I don't think every company has the same right moment, but, but I think there are, there are certain things that you have to have in place in order to kind of ensure that you're going to have the most success with LinkedIn ads. So one of the first things I think about is, you know, obviously, do you have a B2B target customer that you're selling to that's identifiable based on the targeting that's available to us in, in, uh, in LinkedIn? Now, obviously, LinkedIn has some of the best targeting in terms of a B2B professional environment of any ad platform that's out there. So, so chances are you're going to be able to, to reach the audience that you want. Um, the other thing that I, I think is really important to keep in mind is what's the average contract value of your product or the long-term value uh, of a customer for you? If it's too small, then LinkedIn might be kind of hard to work. Um, generally, I, I encourage clients or companies that we work with to make sure that before they get started, they've got you know a, a long-term value of a customer on the minimum five to ten thousand dollars to make the platform work for them because it's a pretty sales-focused platform that that can get expensive ultimately to try and get you know sales coming through, right? And then the other thing that I would think about in, in addition to that is is making sure you know you've got the fundamentals of your business business in place. So that means product market fit. It means you've got a good funnel for and, and content for attracting quality leads. And then ultimately that you've got a sales process in place that when you, as you're generating leads off of LinkedIn, that you're going to be able to convert those because we got to remember about, about LinkedIn as a platform and really any social ads that you're, that you're doing is that intent is low, right? This isn't Google where someone is going there and searching for something because they have intent and they're looking to buy something. You're trying to get in front of the person who you think would be the right buyer, but isn't necessarily in the market right now for you. And, and one of the stats that LinkedIn actually throws out is that 95% of your ICP target audience isn't really in market for whatever it is you're selling, regardless of what your B2B you know, categories that, that you're selling into. So for that reason, even if you're able to get leads, the, the intent behind them isn't super high. So you know, you're going to have to think about it as a funnel for your LinkedIn ads are going to get you leads. Some percentage of those leads are going to actually get onto meetings for you. Some percentage of the people that book meetings will show up. And then only a smaller percentage of those people are actually going to, to close it as customers, right? So it becomes an expensive platform a little bit to try and get leads. And, and that's okay, because if you have that, that higher value long-term customer, the numbers can really work out to be quite profitable for you, right? Um, so I think just making sure that you've kind of got all those pieces in place and you've got an aggressive sales team who's not just going to follow up, you know, two or three times with the lead as it comes through, but making sure that you stay consistent for weeks and even months sometimes. In fact, I spoke with a client today who told us about a lead that we generated for them about two or three months ago who just ended up coming through and, and booking a call now, um, two months later. So it's really important to stay on top of those, follow up with those leads, um, and just have a, uh, I'll say an aggressive sales follow-up process, um, but obviously one that adds value and is friendly to the prospect as well. 
So I want to I want to touch up on something that you actually mentioned in there about you know they're not all going to show up. So that's a, a big problem is them not showing up for the book to demo or the book to call. Have you found a way to get people to you know really actually show up to those calls? Yeah. So I, I think it comes down to building a rapport with leads as quickly as possible, making sure the follow up time is as quick as possible. Um, you know, if if you wait more than you know an hour, a couple of hours to follow up with a lead, in many cases they're already become, becoming cold and forgetting what they signed up for in the past. You want to hit quickly as possible. If you've got their phone number, call them. You know, these people have opted in to hear from you. So I think that's not a problem to call them. Um, for sure, you want to be emailing them. If you've got a phone number, you could also text them, right? So use all those methods. And then I think if you can, you can add in a, le- a level of uh, personality, I think that's also great. And one really good way to do that is with um, a video email, where you just, you know, use a tool like uh, Bonjuro, or there's a bunch of others out there, that, you know, you just, you know, film a quick little, you know, 20, 30 second video, just saying, hi, introducing yourself, you know, thanking them for, for booking a call and saying you're, you're looking forward to uh, to meeting with them, you know, at whatever the scheduled time is. That just puts a, a face and a personality connected to it. And once that happens, you know, people are going to be much more likely to show up for calls. Um, studies have shown that that could really improve the, uh, the show up rate and the, the engagement rate and, and affinity that they're going to have towards you and your brand. Based off of that, if people see you more often and, you know, build that rapport, do you think that if someone created LinkedIn content while also, you know, organic content while also running those ads, do you think that they would, that would do the, the job of building rapport? So, so I think it's important that you have as many touch points, quality touch points as possible with your prospects that might happen before they've contacted you. And that might happen after you've con- they've contacted you. Right. I think both of those sides are important. You know, in many cases, you know, where you're running top of the funnel, cold traffic ads. Um, if someone engages in the ad, whether that's clicking to your website, opening a lead form, watching a video, we want to make sure that we capture all those people into a retargeting audience so that we can continue to have those high value touch points, sharing with them more videos that that share expertise and build the, the face and the brand and the rapport with, with the prospect, even though they haven't filled out a lead form yet. Um, case studies, testimonials, um, ebooks, blog posts, you know, anything really quality content that you have that that gives people value in a easy to consume way. In general, what we actually like to see is content built for in-feed consumption. So that's video ads, that's PDFs that you can share, it's um, carousel ads, all those things where where we can have all those touch points over there. Um, Once someone has already filled out a lead form, you can use that same type of content and email it to them just as another way to get get in front of them over there. So I actually recently saw on LinkedIn um, a few posts about it about how LinkedIn is doing some beta testing for something called thought leader ads. Do you know much about that? I mean, it's in beta testing, so. Yeah, so I, I've, I've heard a bit about the, this new ad type. Um, I'm really excited about it, to be, to be totally honest. It, it's, um, I think it could be a game changer for, for those of us who are on LinkedIn every day and creating content every day, because in reality, you know, I think for most small, medium-sized businesses, even many large businesses, we'll succeed so much more if we could put a face and a personality to our businesses. Obviously, you know, we've all heard, you know, people do business with with people, not with businesses. Um, and, I, and I think it's really true. So to the extent that we could put forward an individual who who's building a rapport with the, with the broader audience of our prospective customers, I, I think that's going to be really, really powerful. Um, as I understand it right now, though, not sure, uh, we're only going to be able to put forward for thought leadership ads, image ads together with text for, for the beginning. I'm hoping that's going to expand at some point soon to be able to uh, to run video ads as well. You know, right now, one of the things we like to do for our clients, even without that thought leadership ad, is to run video ads at the top of funnel that are showing domain authority, thought leadership, whatever you want to call it, um, coming from an individual within the company. 
but those are being run from the company page. And I think sometimes when you run an ad from a company page, even if you're highlighting an individual and the individual's point of view, um, there's a little bit of a barrier that people go up. It feels like an ad more because it's being promoted by a company. I think if the company is able to promote it as coming from an individual and you can say, hey, this individual has you know, so many followers, um, you can click through and, and view that individual's profile and see their other content and other things going on. I think there, there's much more likelihood that someone's going to engage with that individual, that, that thought leader within your company whose content you're promoting, then they are likely to, to follow you know, the company page on LinkedIn, right? And then the other part of that is, you know, if they follow the thought leader or the employee within your company, as that employee posts more organic content in the future, the person who's now followed them is going to be more likely to see that content in their feed rather than if they follow the company page. Because as we all know, you know, the organic reach of a company page post is, is pretty low, right? As opposed to if you have a, um, a dynamic content creator within your company who's posting frequently, there's a much higher likelihood that someone's going to see that person's content build a rapport, build an affinity for that person, and ultimately for the company that person works with as well. And so I've actually seen ads by Zamo Digital, your agency, where it's a screenshot of one of your organic posts that were, you know, it was like 30 plus you know, lessons or whatever from doing ads. So I, I think that's kind of what you're, what you're talking about right now is, you know, making ads, but kind of pushing them also to your own organic content. Right. So, so that example, that, that post that, that you mentioned was, was something I wrote a couple of weeks ago, and it was 30 things I learned from running Facebook ads for 100 plus B2B companies, right? And I just kind of made a long list of 30 tips for Facebook ads if you're a B2B company. And the, the, the post, for whatever reason, resonated with people. I know we ended up tracking you know, a number of, of really quality leads back to the agency as, as a result of that. So my first thought is, how do I get more eyeballs for my quality um, prospects, from ICP prospects, um, to go see that post. So what we did, as you said, is we took a screenshot of it and then we linked that ad back to the original organic post. We didn't link to my website. We linked back to the post that I'd done on my personal profile from the company ad that we ran, right? Now, in reality, what I would have much rather done is been able to promote that that post that I made on, on my personal profile as an ad. But as of today, you know, it's the end of May right now, we can't do that. Hopefully within a couple of weeks, that's going to change and I'll be able to actually promote a post like that directly to my, my target audience. So while we're still on the subject of, you know, ads and, you know, ad creatives and, and that, a lot of people are talking about user-generated user content ads. Um, it's become a big thing in the paid ads industry. But almost everyone that talks about it in B2B is usually only talking about it in relation to Facebook and TikTok. Do you think that UGC ads could be also done on LinkedIn? No, absolutely. Um, I mean, first of all, the one thing I'll say, UGC, which means uh, user-generated content, right? By the, by, by the purest sense of the word, it's something that probably should be generated by, by your customers, right? But I think it's become a style of video that is often done in-house as well, right? So I think it, it's very effective in the B2B space, you know, certainly on, on, on Facebook and Instagram, um, but definitely on LinkedIn as well. And, and the main reason is that simply, you know, B2B buyers are people too. You know, they get distracted and they pay attention to the, the same things as everybody else. So if you can just be more entertaining, more engaging in the LinkedIn feed than everybody else, then your stuff is going to get noticed. And so many of the ads that I think most of us see in, in our LinkedIn funnel are, are, are pretty boring. You know, they're pretty bland. Um, they try to say corporate, they try to say professional. But if you can make those a bit more fun, they will stand out. Um, people will pay attention, will watch them. Um, and ultimately, you know, by, by people watching a video ad, they're kind of raising their hand and signaling that they've got some interest, um, even unless it's just so entertaining that, you know, no one cares what the topic you're actually talking about is. But in most cases, I think um, it's a pretty strong strategy that that more B2B companies should be trying. Yeah. So 
Tell me more about what what kind of insights you've found with uh, LinkedIn ads recently. Have you been surprised by anything, any kind of surprising results that you've found? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, that I've been thinking about a lot is, you know, the, 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 the ongoing debate between demand generation and lead generation, right? You know, everyone knows that, that LinkedIn ads are a great way to target, you know, your perfect ICP customer. Um, lead gen forms are in, in your ads are, are a great way to get more leads at a lower cost. Um, for whatever reason, you know, the way users behave on LinkedIn is that if you send them to a landing page, they just don't convert very well. Conversion rates off of landing pages from LinkedIn ads are very poor. Therefore, the native lead gen forms that pop open when you click the ad convert much better, right? And we've had a lot of success generating really good leads for our, for our, our clients um, using those lead gen forms at first glance, right? Because what ends up happening is if you look at all the leads that come through those forms, it's you're getting the right person, you know, looking at their job title in the right company, right? And that looks really nice at first. But as we kind of discussed earlier, what you end up having the problem is, you know, well, how many people that fill out those forms are going to end up booking a call, right? And then of the people that should end up booking a call, how many of them are going to end up showing up for that call? And then how motivated are they to actually purchase? And so what we started noticing is that as we went for more of a lead generation approach within our, our LinkedIn ads, yeah, at the top of the funnel, we looked like we were getting a really good cost per lead. But when we started measuring it as our, our cost per meeting or our cost per you know, dollar generated in sales, it wasn't looking quite as hot as we originally thought it was going to be. And I think a lot of companies have experienced that same thing. So I've kind of been pushing more recently a, a different approach, which is what I, I call um, demand response, right? So it's a combination of demand generation and, and direct response. Um, and essentially what we're doing is at the top of the funnel, we're targeting the same, you know, target um, ideal customer persona, right? Um, but we're using a view at the top of the funnel, as we discussed before, that kind of promotes thought leadership, domain expertise, um, gets a personality of the company coming across right away and teaching you or your company's, you know, unique perspective on how to solve a problem that we know our target customer has and, and why, you know, it doesn't even have to get into a pitch of why someone should work with you. It's just, here's our approach to solving this problem. And as we said, the person who watches that video or a substantial amount of that video is kind of signaling that this is interesting to them, which probably means they have this problem and they are looking for solutions for it, right? So you can create that video ad now in a lead gen ad. So if, they're, if they are interested and they do want you know, to pursue this, this idea a little bit farther, they can click the ad right there, pop that open, fill out the lead gen form, go talk to your sales team right away. That person is probably going to convert relatively well because they've, they've gotten a lot more information. Because if you think about it, you know, if you just ran an, an image ad to cold traffic, they haven't really seen much, right? They've seen your image, which doesn't have a whole lot of information in it. They've read a couple of sentences of, of the ad text or the ad copy that's in there. And then you're sending them to a lead, lead form. They've never seen your website. So by the time they're submitting as a lead, they haven't seen much. But by watching a video, there's so much more information that can be portrayed within that, that minute or so or two minutes that they've watched the video, right? But if they chose that they didn't watch or they didn't convert yet after watching the video, you can retarget those people still. So you build a retargeting audience of, let's say, people who watched 50% of your video. That's kind of shown a certain level of, of intent, right? And now you can retarget those people over the next you know, half year or year um, and just continue to show them more videos, case studies, testimonials, um, integration ads, you know, other content that's hopefully going to move people down the funnel. Because the reality is, as we spoke about before, most people aren't interested in buying from you at the time when you decided to put an ad in front of them, right? So you got to wait till they're ready. So, you know, we can do that lead generation approach and kind of force people to become leads when we want them to become leads and fill that pipeline right away. But ultimately, it's not going to be creating that much value and your sales team is not going to be very happy. 
But if you allow them to come through on their terms at their time when they're ready, just by staying in front of them and, and nurturing them with, with a bunch of you know, high quality content and, and reasons why they should want to consider talking to you, then when they're ready, they're going to find you. Even if you don't put an ad in front of them, they're going to click over to your personal profile and then go to your company page and then hit your website. When people are ready, they explore everything. You know, I think we've all been in a situation where, where somebody's, somebody or some company has come across our newsfeed and it just was interesting, right? So what do we all do? We click, 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 and we make sure that we've learned everything about them, consumed you know, a whole bunch of their content in the course of five minutes. People will do that with your company when they're ready also, and they will go and they will submit a lead form, whether it's inside of LinkedIn, whether they go to the website, they're going to search that out and they're going to be very motivated to want to talk with you. And you're really going to be surprised by how quickly that motivated buyer moves through your sales process and is ready to close your deal pretty quickly because they came when they had intent. You can't force that intent, right? We can't make that happen when we want it to happen, but by you know, nurturing that demand within the right prospects, it will develop over time and we just need to be a little bit patient. Um, sometimes it could be as little as three to six months. You just have that patient that, you know, you're not gonna get that many leads in the first month, let's say, but if you just stick with it and you keep putting out good quality content and, and staying in front of people, you know, you'll you'll see uh, amazing things start to happen as the good leads start to come through and, and deals start getting closed. Yeah, no, I, I think I I saw for myself an example of how that worked um, a little while ago. I had, you know, I, on LinkedIn organic content, I'm always consuming content from LinkedIn ghostwriters that are always creating content about how to do better LinkedIn content. And I'm not, I was never thinking about getting a ghostwriter, but as time went on, you know, three months later, after I had start, started following a lot of these guys, I actually started to look for a ghostwriter. And I was like, oh, you know, all these people, I am now, you know, a potential client for them. And I reached out to a couple of people. And that's because I had seen constantly their content from for three months. And before that, I had never been interested in their service at all. Right. Even though you had seen their stuff for a long time, you knew they were a ghostwriter. You knew they were a good ghostwriter. And, and chances are you even had in your mind at the beginning, maybe subconsciously, I'm not looking for a ghostwriter, but if I ever was, this would be one of the people I'd want to talk to. And that's what's going through in your prospects' minds also. When, when you hit them the first time and you show them value and you start describing to them a solution for their problems, what's going on in their head is that I'm not in the market for this right now, but when I am, this is the person I want to talk to. And then just make sure they don't forget about you. That's all your job in, 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 the, in, in the next stage. I mean, I had a situation, you know, it's not related to LinkedIn ads, but... You know, we had a, a, a sales call that I took for my agency um, maybe about a year ago. Someone came through, never heard of them before. But when I got on the call and I said, hey, how'd you find out about it? He said, oh, I actually downloaded your ebook two years prior. And I really liked your approach to, to, to doing Facebook ads at the time, right? And I knew then that when I was ready to do Facebook ads, I wanted to work with you. And I've just been on your email list, you know, consuming all your content for the past two years. And now my company has matured to the point where we're ready to work with an agency. And here I am today and, you know, I want to get started. I didn't have to sell that guy on the call. Like he came in basically saying like, here, take my money, right? I didn't know the guy existed until that time. He ended up being a great client for a really long time. We had great results for them and built a really great relationship. But it was the content that I'd put out previously. In this case, it was two years before. And then just allowing the guy to be on my email list and keep nurturing him that allowed him to come to me hot to buy when he was ready. And I think with LinkedIn ads, we can, we can create those situations in mass right? With the perfect buyers that we're looking for. But again, they're going to be ready when they're ready. You can't, at least with most products, right? We can't force them to be ready any sooner than they are ready. But when they, when they, once they know that you're the company that they want to work with, 
then they'll come to you and as soon as they're ready to work with a company in your category or product like yours. Yeah. You know, as we're talking about how people are ready at different stages of their business, I want to know how does your budget change um, the strategy for LinkedIn ads? You know, the, like the person you just talked about two years ago, they weren't ready for LinkedIn ads. Now that they're ready to, to buy LinkedIn ads, budgets change. How, how can that change your strategy if it does at all? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely changes the strategy. You know, for example, you know, if you're if you've got a very small budget, let's say, you know, under five thousand dollars, let's say for LinkedIn, you know, that's kind of the, the minimum you kind of want to do. Not to say you can't make it work with less, but if you've got a lower budget, you know, you might want to think about, you know, the bottom of the funnel retargeting and assuming there's a situation where you've already got website traffic, you've already got some high quality intent traffic coming to your website. So think about just, you know, your retargeting levels, you know, how do you just stay in front of and nurture those people who have already found you? Presumably, if they found you without you running ads yet, there's been some intent. So it's high quality traffic. You just got to stay in front of those people, right? Um, conversation ads are also another great way to do that where you just slide into their, their inbox right now on LinkedIn. Um, so the retargeting um, is definitely in, in a good approach. You know, you could run that as a you know, as little as ten day, ten dollars a day. That's the minimum that that LinkedIn will allow you to run for a campaign. You know, ideally, if you want to be able to test some different things and segment, you're going to want you know thirty, fifty dollars a day, something like that, to be able to test. Again, also depends on the size of retargeting audiences. Um, if you've got a bit more budget or you don't have any retargeting audiences yet, um, I definitely like the approach that we spoke about before, going top of the funnel, um, using video ads. Right, build up those audiences of people that are showing a little bit of intent by. By watching the video, um, it's one of the quickest ways that you could build a retargeting audience as well. Um, quickest and cheapest ways to build a retargeting audience is just the, the video ads at the top of the funnel. You know that you know theoretically, in as little as you know, let's say twenty to fifty dollars a day. Obviously, the more you do, the more you're going to be able to get momentum and, and build. And you know, the less budget you have, the less testing you can you can do, right? Because segmenting is really important within within LinkedIn ads. You know, you want to be able to use somewhat smaller audiences, let's say, you know, 20 to 50, 80,000 people, ideally in an audience. Um, if you've got a small budget, you know, you're just going to have slightly bigger buckets. You can't segment quite as much. Um, you could also be segmenting by the types of ads that you're running. You could be segmenting by the audiences that you're trying to target um, by job seniority. You might have slightly different messages to someone who's, you know, a, a manager than you might have if you're targeting, you know, CEO or a founder, right? And there's that type of segmentation. So, you know, I think, um, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month is kind of the minimum you want just to allow you to do things right. Um, but as you scale up, you know, you've got to find that sweet spot. You know, there isn't infinite scale within paid social. I think it's another thing that people need to remember is that things don't scale forever. Um, and sometimes you start seeing diminishing returns because, you know, you're pounding your ads in front of the same people all the time and they've either seen it and engaged in some way or they've seen it and they've chosen to ignore you. And if you show it to them again, that doesn't mean they want to see it the second time or the third time either, um, which is another reason why, Testing more creatives, you know, you know, swapping out creatives and 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 changing the content that you're promoting is also an important part of success as well. Partially already answered my my last question to wrap it up. I started with how do you know when is when's the right moment to start LinkedIn ads? When is the right moment to stop doing LinkedIn ads? Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a tricky question because taking the approach that I've described today, which is more of a, a demand nurturing approach where you're not expecting to get direct results and, and we're recognizing that the sales cycle might take longer. I think you really need a minimum, minimum six months to test this out, assuming you're doing it right, okay? Um, and assuming that, that you're, you're consistently testing and putting new content out there and, and, and seeing what's working. Um, but then the other important thing to, to consider when you're making a decision about is this working or is it not working, right, is attribution. 
and attribution is messy when it comes to, to marketing and, and especially taking this approach. You know, if you're doing a real direct response campaign, it's a little bit easier to see, you know, someone clicked this ad, they came to your website, you follow the UTM parameters and you, you make sure you capture those into your CRM and you could try back, you know, where the ad came from. Same thing if you're doing lead gen forms. But when you're doing content at the top of the funnel and asking people to watch a video at the top of the funnel, they might watch that video, not click, but then click over to your, as we said before, to your profile, to your company page, over to your website. There's no clean trail of UTMs of anything attributable in that situation, which is why I think it's pretty important that you you try to capture a self-reported attribution, be it on a form or as the first call that somebody gets in, just asking, you know, hey, where did you hear about us? How did you find out about our company? Um, and then recording whatever they, they, they answered. Because sometimes you can find information there that wouldn't be technically tracked or attributed someplace else, but you're going to get that feedback by talking to the prospect um, and hopefully the customer um, about where they found out about you. And you're going to want to use that information to try to make an informed decision about is this marketing campaign working or not, right? If you run six months and no one ever reports to you that they saw a Facebook, uh, sorry, a LinkedIn ad, um, you're not seeing any attribution coming and, and indicating LinkedIn, um, well, then maybe there's, you know, a discussion to be made that maybe this isn't working for you. Again, could be the platform, could be the strategy you're using, could be the content, could be your, your offer or product market fit. There's so many variables that could affect why something is or is not working, right? But I think um, minimum, you got to give it at least six months to try with some reasonable about a budget and kind of just making sure you're building up your top of funnel in order to really to push people to the retargeting layer, which is ultimately where you're going to end up converting people. If you've listened to the episode this far, I just want to thank you. This is the very first episode, the first of many. I hope this episode helped you understand how you can use LinkedIn ads and organic LinkedIn content side by side to maximize each other's return on investment. I also want to give a huge shout out to Aaron, who is a friend of mine, a past client, as well as a mentor. Definitely check him out on LinkedIn. You'll learn a ton about LinkedIn ads and content to grow your business. Hope to see you all next episode.